Hi, and welcome to Identity Talks, the podcast from Identity Experts. I'm today's host, Shelley Hill, and we'll be talking about career returners. Now, with women making up 58% of carers in the UK, as well as bearing the brunt of childcare in the majority of cases, this podcast aims to talk to women who have managed to find a work-life balance and maintain a successful career, despite the challenges they've faced with career breaks. Our next guest is Charity Wright, who is a cyber threat intelligence analyst and researcher. Charity, welcome to Identity Talks. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you for, uh, for, for joining us. Um, now, I loved reading your email that you sent us about your story. Uh, would you like to tell us a bit about your, your journey? Sure. Um, my background is in the U.S. Army. I joined the Army when I was 22 years old. Um, and it really was an interesting journey on active duty. I spent five years um, in Hawaii working at the National Security Agency. And while I was there, uh, I met a handsome man in the Navy, and we ended up getting married there in Hawaii and having two children. Um, so my my Army career was somewhat interrupted by, you know, having children and building um, a family, but then um, I ended up getting out of the army and uh, focusing on my my kids and getting them, um, you know, into school, and I finished college, and then, um, you know, which led me up until later years. A few years ago, I, I was out of work and went through a divorce and uh, decided to get back into the workforce after a long break. And that's what brought me to work in cybersecurity. Wow. And and so what what challenges did you face like trying to get back into the workforce after all that time? Well, there were several factors that I feel were really challenging for me personally. One was being a military veteran. In the United States, um, there's a big challenge for veterans to get into a civilian job. And really, one of the biggest parts of that challenge is trying to translate your skills mm-hmm. into something that you can do on the private side. Um, when I served in the Army, I was a Chinese language analyst. I was working in the intelligence um, community. And so really, those types of jobs only exist working for federal agencies and working for intelligence agencies. And at, you know, for a few years, my husband and I, we lived in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, that's a great area to find jobs. But the job market was flooded with other veterans with my skills, which I found it really challenging to find uh, a job as a contractor for the government um, or try to get into the agency for work. So um, that was one of the first major challenges I faced is do I meet all the requirements? The government has very strict requirements for getting into those kind of jobs. Um, And the fact that I had been out of the workforce for quite a while, a few years at that point, um, my test scores were outdated and I needed, you know, new training, refresher training in my language, which was Mandarin. And so it was, it was quite a challenge to get back into a government job. That's when 
I unfortunately was going through a divorce and I moved back home to Dallas, Texas to be near my family. And here in Dallas, there's, there are no federal agencies that need people with my skills. So I had to make the hard decision to look around and say, what can I do now? Um, and it, it, it took quite a while. It was about six months of looking for jobs and considering all of my options. And honestly, I was just applying for everything and with very little guidance or um, direction on where I was going. Um, so the military being one challenge, the second one being now I'm pivoting into a new career field. Um, I found a job posting here for intelligence analyst. And I thought, really, I'm an intelligence analyst, but who here in this area needs, needs that job skill? So I applied for it and I found out it was for cybersecurity. And I have absolutely zero technical background. I, I mean, I can use computers pretty well, but you know, I'm not, uh, I don't know anything about coding or cyber. So I had to really just put myself out there and I applied. I found somebody on LinkedIn at that company that did that job. And turns out he was prior military too. And I just tried to use the network of people at the company to get a way in. And once I interviewed and I was very honest with them about my mm -hmm. lack of technical skills, they said, well, you have a skill set that is transferable and we can train you in cyber. And for me, that was my big break. So uh, many challenges along the way and um, just kind of stepping out of my comfort zone and putting myself out there is what landed me my first cyber job. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really th those skills, those intelligence skills that you had in the army were actually looking at how you could translate that to other roles um and yeah fantastic they that they, they translated to the cybersecurity role and how did you find that uh that period of of uh, of introduction of during the you know the, the new um the new career um i suppose it must have been quite overwhelming at some points i guess <laughs> yes it was um, a lot of learning, a big learning curve. <laughs> definitely. I think the first few months I was pretty terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I lucked out. I had a lot of great people at this company that were patient with me, <laughs> willing to explain network security to a novice. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was pretty scary, but I believe that sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone yeah. um, and take that risk to find something better than what we had before. And uh, I'm glad that I did that. Um, and, it, you know, the first year was quite a challenge. There was so much to learn, and I often felt like I was failing. Were you worried? Were you worried about the security of your of your job? But, you know, they obviously took taken a, a, a bit of a risk mm -hmm. on you, um, knowing that you you know, didn't know a thing about cyber, um, were you worried that, that either, you know, that they might say, oh, this isn't working out for us? Yes. And mm -hmm. I think what that looked like from the outside was I was scared of, I was scared of losing my job. I was scared of um, yeah. not being worthy of it. And I often like overworked. I think I, mm -hmm. I leaned into it so deep that, um, you know, I, I 
it was very personal to me that I succeeded at this and that I learned. And I was scared of failure, which I think is very normal. But um, I, yeah, I, I worked very hard. I did as many classes as I could to try to keep up. And oftentimes I, I did feel like um, I struggled with imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. yeah. While I do have a valuable set of skills and I've been an analyst for, you know, eight years at that point, um, analyzing this new set of data, cyber threats, was, um, it was very new. And I often felt like, uh, am I faking it or is this valuable? Yeah, I could totally relate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I just constantly asked my leadership, like, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? I think, you know, asking for their feedback really helped guide me on where I needed to focus. But when it comes down to it, you know yourself better than anyone. And there were certain things I struggled with, like as far as the network and network security, because I was working at a a cloud security startup. Mm -hmm. Um, There was things I struggled to understand. And I realized hey, maybe this isn't my strength in this area, but my strength is over here. Like I can take very technical things and kind of dumb it down or simplify it to make it accessible to a larger audience. So I tried to focus on what am I, what am I excelling at? What am I picking up quickly on? And can I focus on those skills? So I feel a little more confident yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, no, that, that, that's really good advice and, and great if, uh, if your employer can support that as well, um, allow you to, to grow in the areas that you'll, you know, feel that comfortable in. Um, and so, I mean, what, um, what measures do you think uh, employers could put in place to support employees who, who are returning to work after a break and, and perhaps you know, potentially like you were changing careers? Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, Is there anything they could have done to have made it easier? I mean, it sounds like they you know, were very good, but is there anything that you know, in particular they did or, or maybe could have done that would have made the whole transition um, slightly you know, easier for you? Yeah. Um, one thing I think that's really important is for an organization to have Uh, like a training plan set up, Mm -hmm. giving the new person several months, maybe three months to get acclimated with the new work environment, with the vocabulary that's used there, um, to get to know everybody and what their roles are in the company. Um, I think that patiently and, and like kind of giving them a few months to get, to get into that role and to see them shine, like, get to know their personalities and their skills and how they apply it to that job. I think patience is a really important part and having that, that training plan set up where it's like, okay, here's our expectations for the first few months. We do expect you to engage. We want you to be present in the meetings. We want you to be listening to uh, what we're talking about and the vocabulary that we use. We expect you to ask a lot of questions. I think letting them know outright that they're allowed to ask questions, they're allowed to have that learning period, um, allows them to uh, get used to the environment first. 
and then leading into, you know, the next three months, we expect you to step up a little more, take more active role in what you're doing here, um, express your ideas for how we can improve, you know, take a more active role in, in the part. Um, I think having that training plan set up off the bat allows them the opportunity to feel like they can ease into it and learn from everybody around them, like on the job training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think that that's uh, really, really sensible, actually. Um, Yes, just having... I mean, maybe it's a, some, some places might, they might say, well, it's, you know, unspoken. Of course we allow people to acclimatize, but actually having a a plan in writing, uh, I suppose would make a career returner feel more at ease that it's okay. It's okay. And maybe not have that feeling of being overwhelmed or, or with that, you know, feeling that imposter syndrome, like, do they really know that they hired me? (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, that's really. I I think part of that would include having a mentor or a leader that checks in with the new person regularly. Um, Like, luckily for me, in my first cyber job, I had uh, like a trainer slash mentor who was a peer, but he took personal responsibility for checking in with me every two weeks and sitting down and saying, okay, what are you getting? What are you not getting? What can I help you more with? and also challenging me. Like, I know you have a background in this and you've been doing this one thing for, for many years. How can you apply that more to what we're doing yeah. here? So I think having a mentor or a leader like that also Absolutely. is vital. No, they're very good. Um, now, what advice um, could you give to women about how they how to manage the work-life balance? How do you do it? You've got two young children. Um, how do you do it? Yes. <laughs> I am laughing because I think for all of us, it's an ongoing challenge, Yeah, depending on the season of our lives. Yeah, that's you know? true. Um, when I started in this career, my, well, going back to my military time, you know, I was pregnant, active duty in the army. And luckily I wasn't, you know, deployable, but my husband was deployed on submarines all the time. So I was very much like alone parenting from the beginning. Yeah. And now my daughter is nine and my son is 10. It's a different phase. They're in school and, mm. you know, we've kind of got our routine down. I'm a single mother now. So it's a different uh, season of life. And I think every season I go through, I have to make adjustments. Yeah. Um, it's const- constant change. Yeah. Yes. With my current role, my current company, it's a startup, so the culture is very fast-paced, uh, high pressure, high stress. And so I started this role in March, and now it's October, and I'm finding that I was going so fast and so hard for several months, uh, you know, just building momentum in this role and proving myself to the company that I wasn't taking enough time. And so I think that... Um, My advice for work-life balance would be to schedule in time for yourself to do something that takes you out of that headspace Mm. of of work, whether it's working out consistently or getting your nails done or um, spending time, you know, away from your computer and phone 
with your family, I think it's so important to know your priorities. And if if you say that family is priority and work comes after that, then you have to schedule your time like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of my leaders once told me, he said, it's tragic when we, oh, how did he say it? Um, it's a tragedy when we are with our children, but we're not present with them. Yeah. And that hit me really hard because how often am I in the room with my kids, but I'm on my phone or they're talking to me and I'm on my laptop and I'm saying, uh-huh, yeah, okay. And then I'm not really engaged with them. And I think every interaction we have like that with our families, um, it, it may appear negative to them. Like, oh, mom is not paying attention to me. Yeah. She's always working. And so I've been consciously making time to close my laptop, put away my phone, and make the kids put away their phones and sit down with them and talk to them or go out to the lake and spend quality time with them. And uh, I, I meet a lot of women that get burned out, especially working in information security or IT. I think a lot of us are not taking time out for ourselves and prioritizing our health and wellness. Um, and that that is very important. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I find that I, I can't, if I have my work phone on me, I can't help, you know, seeing that email that's just come in, um, you know, even if it's I'm in the middle of cooking dinner. So I feel like I have to, I turn it off when I finish work and mm-hmm. don't look at it until the morning. And that's, for me, has been a real change a, a real, and it's really helped me to be more present. Yeah. Um, as you say, so I'm not getting distracted by work emails. Right. It's, it's very hard to be disciplined to not check them when they come in. <laughs> it is. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of this, um, what I've observed from comparing like how my male counterparts work and how my female counterparts work. Oftentimes as a woman, I feel like I have to prove myself or keep up with the guys and make sure that like as the sole woman in my department that I am representing women in the workplace well. And so oftentimes I find myself exhibiting like people pleasing behaviors, like reacting to, to emails right away, responding Mm. to messages right away. And I think it is good good to be communicative, but we also have to have boundaries Mm. around our life to let everyone in the workplace know outside of these hours, I'm going to be with my family. Uh, I may not be immediately available, but I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I think that's very healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's healthy for everybody, isn't it? Not just um, women. I mean, uh, I know Absolutely. I know men who do that as well. Um, and yes, very true. Uh, and then I'm sure it helps with that. You, you're just your, your, your mental mental health and, and just physically well-being, general well-being. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, of like this wellness, um, I think it's important to check in with yourself. Oftentimes we can set a plan and we can get into a routine where we build in wellness and, um, and time out from work, but busy seasons can kind of take you off track. So it's good to check in with yourself often and kind of gauge like, where's my stress level? Am I experiencing a lot of anxiety? What can I do to kind of get back into that wellness routine? 
Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. Mm. Is it still working for me? Right. No, that. Thank you very much. I mean, um, and just like finally, is there any advice uh, that you would give to women wanting to get back into work who might be out of work now and and don't really know how to start? I mean, you you did you said some you know, fantastic um, advice earlier when you were saying about using your LinkedIn contacts and and uh, really researching, especially if you if you need to perhaps transfer your skills when you were a new career. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I think um, LinkedIn is a really great resource. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many people in the professional community that want to help people get in into a new career. And there are so many people, even men that are taking time away um, from what they used to do and are transitioning into new careers. I think utilizing your network, seeking out people that work at the company where you want to work or people that work in the industry, um, it never hurts to try to reach out because you never know who is going to say, who's in that season where they want to help. Yeah. Um, And I think people really are your best resource. You can look at a job posting and say, man, I don't qualify for anything on here. Maybe I have two of these skills out of 20, but if it's something that you really want, go after it. And if they say no, it's okay. Keep trying. Yeah. I think persistence is really important. I was turned down for many jobs before I finally got accepted to that one. And that one that accepted me, it took six weeks before they got back to me. The interviews I thought went horribly. (laughs) I thought I did bad. And then they came back and said, we know that you don't have all of the skills needed, but we, you do have what we, what we need and we can train you in the rest. And I, I really was about to give up on that. I thought it was a lost opportunity. So I think persistence is very important. Don't give up on your dream. And if you really set your mind to it, you can find a way to get into that career path. Um, just reach out to people and let them help you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Charity. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.